lift up your name, Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus this morning, the name above every name. God, your name is higher. Lord, it is higher over our circumstance. We, we fix our eyes on you. We know this morning that you are capable and willing and able. God, that you love us deeply and that you have our best desires at heart. And so, Lord, we just lean in and trust you this morning. God, we thank you for salvation, your gift to us. God, we thank you for each new and glorious day with new mercies. Lord, we thank you for your love and for your forgiveness. Jesus, the name above every name this morning. We declare that you are good. And we give you praise and glory and honor that is due your name this morning. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to church. Stoked to have you here. You can take a seat right where you are. We would like to say a big uh, welcome to Yaram this morning. Uh, good morning, Yaram. And also to Luxport. We're so stoked to have you joining in with us this morning as well, Luxport, on your first Sunday. And what a good Sunday it is. This weather, I don't know about you, but I'd love to be doing church down by the beach today. Uh, and you can you can go along and um, support Yarram and Locksport um, on any Sunday that you like, on the first and the third Sunday of each month. So Locksport um, will be joining in the same rhythm that Yarram has with the first and the third Sunday uh, of each month. Except for December, we're doing some uh, different things, which is coming up. It's almost Christmas time, everyone. Are we excited? <laughs> I'm ready to put my tree up, so I don't know, like, is that, we're not allowed to do that? That's a no-go in November? I'm ready. Uh, it's exciting. So much fun stuff coming up. I'm here to just give you some announcements, and then we're going to do some mingling, and the kids are going to go to kids' ministry. Did you know you're going to have a rock climbing wall in kids today? Well, they're not excited. I'm excited. Maybe I'll go to kids and climb it. Yeah, that's more like it. Maybe I'll go to uh, kids and climb a rock climbing wall. Oh, my goodness. How exciting. What a good morning. I'm here for announcements. Are you ready? There's heaps coming up in the life of church. Uh, Yarram and Locksport, that's very exciting. First and third Sundays of the month. We've got a prayer walk coming up next Saturday at 11am. The details are in your newsletter. But you can also um, find any details for any event that I mention in your Church Centre app. Yes? We all log in. We all see things there. My small group, we talk to each other in there. We have like a group chat going in there. Everything that you need to know about church life is in your Church Centre app. You can check in. Uh, there to this service. You can also, uh, I think you can pre-check in your kids. Like the Church Center app is just life, uh, the life of the church in your hands. So make sure you get that prayer walk next Saturday, 11 a.m. Baptisms are coming up also on the 13th of November, which is, is that next Sunday? Oh my goodness, how exciting. So that's definitely a Sunday that you want to be in church. Um, baptisms are such a great celebration that we have together. So definitely um, make a plan to be here next Sunday. And um, Yarram and Locksport, we invite you to do, if you're going to do the drive, this is a Sunday to do the drive, to come and be a part of the church family as we celebrate baptism. Also coming up this week, Out for Lunch. Amazing. Out for Lunch is coming up. You can sign up at the info desk um, at the office there. I saw Beck make sure there was a beautiful sign up sheet available or you can do that on your church center app best way to be plugged into church life amazing i've got a little video to show us um this morning that um pastor rob who is a legend around here if you don't know pastor rob um he's amazing we love him uh he's got a little update from some of our uh amazing friends in the philippines who uh we partner with the philippines through compassion um doing all kinds of sponsorship and working with some of the churches there and they just have some prayer and some financial needs so we're going to take up an offering for them um but 
let me just, the guys are going to play a video so we can um, show you the update of what's happening there. It's great to be with you this morning and just sharing a little bit about what's happening in the Philippines. Um, for those that don't know, we have a partnership with um, four churches in the Philippines and we've been doing that for about 15 years and mainly through the compassion programs that they hold and are sponsoring children. And we, as a church, uh, individuals sponsor about 130 to 140 children over in the Philippines and have had many, many uh, mission trips over there with uh, groups. At the moment, we've got uh, a couple of people over there who are really going through a hard time and we're going to take up a special offering for them. Annie is, uh, is one of the mums and the project director over there and uh, she was a, a compassion child and she was really the first person we met as a family, a Haven family, uh, and fell in love with her and was one of the reasons that we formed a partnership. And uh, she's been doing an amazing job as a project director and just recently had her second baby 10 weeks premature. And she's been in hospital and the baby's been in hospital. They're both going well at the moment, um, progressing along. Uh, Annie's been discharged but can't leave the hospital because she can't go back at, back in and out because of COVID. So she's in, in the hospital caring for little Louise, uh, who is progressing well, um, still won't accept any food orally, so that's the big prayer point. Um, but her medical bills are amazingly high and it'd be great to be able to bless her and support her. And more recently, we've been as a church supporting uh, Pastor Jasmine, who, who got married and, and had a child just recently also. And, and that child uh, had some complications during birth and ended up with pneumonia, uh, but is, is looking up and starting to feed well and, and looks like it's going quite well as, um, and things are looking good there. But again, she will have significant medical bills having been in hospital for some time. So if, it, if you would like to give to that, it would be great if you could. Um, you can either give electronically or put some money in the offering plate. Just mark it for the Philippines and we'll make sure it gets to help and bless these two amazing people who do such good work over there. Thank you. Such a sweet little boy. <laughs> Isn't he? So we're going to, um, amazing, two, two little boys born quite close together um, and obviously uh, that, uh, my mum heart, that's to be stuck in hospital uh, and not be able to go in and out of hospital but just to be there with your little newborn, uh, born 10 weeks too early. So, um, and then uh, Pastor Rob and I were discussing, we, we didn't say his name because we weren't sure we were going to get it right but now I'm going to try it. Giannis, little sweetheart. I just heard this morning that he's doing really well and has actually gotten to go home. So that's really great. We can be praising God for that, definitely. Um, but we're going to continue to keep them um, in our prayers. I should mention, we've got our um, Connect cards, if you needed to fill one of those in, um, and the offering buckets can come round now as well. I mean, I can't see Charles. I assume maybe they're not coming around. We'll find a way for you to give, um, but uh, you can give digitally, but um, as, as uh, Pastor Rob mentioned, if you would like to give specifically to the need there, in, oh, there we go, Charles is all over it. Uh, if we need to give, if you want to give, and this is uh, true at Yarram and Locksport as well and online, if you want to give specifically to, um, to the little boys uh, in the Philippines, then you can do that, just mark that, and then um, our amazing mission team will divvy that up appropriately for the need, according to the need there at the moment, so... Amazing. I'm going to pray. 
and we'll uh, lift these uh, sweet little boys up in prayer as well. Lord God, we thank you so much uh, that you are such a good and loving God. We thank you for these two uh, sweet little baby boys, and we thank you that you have a great plan for their life. We thank you that uh, you love them so much. And God, so we just, uh, we pray prayers of protection. We pray prayers of healing uh, over their lives right now. And we just ask that uh, you would be peace and comfort to their families, uh, particularly Annie and Dante, Lord, as their little boys still in hospital. We just uh, lift that whole uh, little family of four. We lift them up to you. And we just ask that you would be their peace, that you would be their strength and their comfort in this time. Uh, and that soon we would be uh, praising you uh, and, and delivering praise reports and good news of how Lewis has uh, come home from the hospital and is doing so well. God, we just thank you uh, for all all that you do for us. We lift up all the needs across uh, our community here at SBC Sale, Yarram and Locksport. We lift up um, all those needs and burdens that we carry in our heart, Lord, and we just ask that you would do what only you can do uh, in each of these situations. We give you praise and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amazing. We're going to do our five minutes of mingling now. Are you ready to get limber? We're going to pop it up on the clock at Yarram uh, and, and Locksport as well. Stand to your feet. SBC Kids, now is the time to go and get yourself checked in so that you can get on that rock climbing wall. How exciting. Uh, make sure you say hello in the chat as well. We'd love to host you. We're stoked that you're here with us this morning. Well, Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for this morning and we thank you that you are here with us and Despite our issues, um, we can gather together across three different places throughout Gippsland. We can worship you. God, you are present with us. And God, we pray this morning that we might be able to hear your voice. We might be able to encounter your presence and encounter your living word. And God, that you would help us to just be so aware of your presence and so aware of what it is that you're doing and what you want from us as your people, as your kids. And so, God, we pray this morning that... Yeah, you might speak through me. You might speak um, to our church and to our people. And God, you might be in the middle of all that's happening. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Grab a seat. Welcome. SBC looks forward. A bit of a rocky start, but it won't always be like that. Uh, It's great to be in the room here down in Locksport. And I think we're back in sale. Good morning, sale. Good morning, Yaram. Uh, Great to have you with us as well. Um, you know, Sail Baptist Church has been part of the Gippsland landscape for over 100 years. Um, Sail began meeting in Sail in, back in the 1800s, late 1800s. And throughout the decades, uh, we've been involved in broadcasting our services on radios back in the, the 50s and the 60s um, on the wireless and actually back in the 30s as well. Um, we've looked through our history books and back in the 30s, um, and we've planted different communities of faith throughout different towns in, in Gippsland. Um, and I know over the past few years, it's been on my heart to really use what we have in sale and what God has blessed us with to, to help reach more people and to do whatever we can. Um, we're not a big church, but we're, we've got enough to, to share and enough to, to bring uh, whatever we can to places like Locksport, places like Yarram that maybe aren't large enough to service their own church. Uh, and so we're trying this new way of doing church and we are so grateful that you've joined us this morning to to give us a go. Don't judge us just on this morning, uh, but give us a go uh, next time as well. Um, 
And so over the, the course of the pandemic and through all the, the online stuff that we've had to do, it's just enabled us to, um, to, to explore this and do this. And so, um, my heart is that SBC Lock Sport would not just be uh, a great encouragement, but it would be a great vehicle to see people come in to, to know Jesus who don't yet know Jesus. Uh, that's really the heartbeat of, of SBC is that um, we are a, a church that is about reaching the lost, that's bringing the good news of Jesus to those who don't yet know it, or maybe those who've heard it really young but have just forgotten it uh, for whatever reason and, and gone by their life without it. Um, maybe they've moved down to Locksport and found no community of faith. And so just by the way their life has gone, they've decided to um, to sort of give up their faith or just put it to the back of their mind. And so our hope and prayer is that this would rekindle and that it would also bring about um, revival in the sense of new people coming in to the kingdom and coming into relationship with Jesus. And so if you're here for the first time in Locksport or in Sale or in Yarram, um, we really encourage you to use one of those connect cards just to to let us know who you are. Um, write down your email and then we can email you out our updates and, and what's going on. It helps us keep in the loop and, and you with us. Uh, and so that's a really practical, helpful thing you can do this morning, wherever you are, um, just to give us um, your details so we can we can be in touch because we don't want this just to be a every two weeks uh, there's lots of other things we want to try to do uh, yeah, and connect in different ways. Uh, like Lauren said, we have baptism next Sunday, and Denise is planning to get baptised. Uh, so one of our own lock sportings uh, are coming down to sail to be baptised, and so we'd love for you to all come to sail and, and celebrate with her. Um, if you can't come to sail, um, please join in every week uh, from home. Uh, we have the stream going every week, uh, and so if you're if we're not here, we're still online. You can just search us up on YouTube um, or on our website. You can find it as well. Uh, and it's a great way to, to keep in touch. Um, we keep preaching every week and some of the series, they flow on from each other. So it's really important if you can't be in the room in sale or and we're on an off week to jump online either live or catch up um, a bit later on in the day. So um, we are in the middle of a series at SBC um, on the Sermon on the Mount. We've been looking through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And this morning we are um, going to jump into Matthew 6, and we'll see how much we get through. Um, but so far we've been talking about uh, the idea of, you know, in Matthew 5, there's a lot of uh, kingdom values that Jesus talks about. And sometimes when we look at these kingdom values, we can go with the attitude of, where where's Jesus trying to draw the line with where, what sin is? And I don't think that's necessarily what Jesus was intending to do. He wasn't saying, not uh, don't ask the question, what can I get away with? But rather, what can I run away from? And who am I running towards? And so that was a big idea that we looked at a couple of weeks ago, that the, the heart of Jesus and the heart of a disciple towards sin and the, towards the kingdom is not how close to sin can I get? With, and Jesus will still be happy with me. But rather, if that's what is against the kingdom, if that's against the, the value of the kingdom, I'm going to turn and run the other way, and I'm going to run towards Jesus instead. Um, and last week we looked at the idea of agape love, um, and agape love uh, being, and, we, and we're going to sort of follow on from that a little bit this morning, um, agape love in, in the Gospels that Jesus is talking about is really to, to do with our attitudes and our actions. 
Um, we're told in Matthew 5 to love our enemies and to turn the other cheek and to go the extra mile. Some of these big ideas that you think, well, that's nice, but uh, if you know someone that you really don't like and they probably don't like you, um, that can be a really hard thing to to know what to do with. And agape love is not about generating warm feelings towards someone, but really it's about having an attitude, a perspective of them, the way God has a perspective of us in our own brokenness, and then acting in love anyway, the way that God acted towards us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He extended agape love. He didn't want to go to the cross. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he was um, he was crying out to God, saying, take this cup from me. I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to anyway. I'm going to put my my awareness of who these people are, and I'm going to act on this anyway. And that's the true essence of love that Jesus is asking for us in the Gospels. So anyway, you can go back and find those messages on online, on our website, um, and, and catch up if you like. But this morning, we're going to look at Matthew 6. I'm going to read 1 to 18, and then we'll see how well we can get through. It says this. Um, I don't think this will be up on your screens anywhere. Sorry, guys. I didn't make any slides for it. But anyway, you can follow along. You can get your own Bibles out, your own phones, Matthew 6, 1 to 18. It says this, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites in the synagogue do, and on the streets, to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving can be in secret. And your father who sees what's in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to stand in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard by their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask them. Therefore, you should pray like this. And if you know this prayer, maybe we can put that, I think we've got a slide, um, Will, of the, the Lord's Prayer. Let's say this out loud together, wherever you are. Um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Goes on in verse 14 and says, For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Lord God, we thank you for your word this morning. And God, we thank you that it is alive, it is active, it's able to to teach us, to challenge us, to transform us. And God, we pray that it would do all those things this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I often get asked in my role as a, as a senior pastor, what do you do during the day? 
Like uh, some people think that a, a pastor just works on Sundays, one day a week. Um, but that's true. No, it's not. Um, I, I, like, how does it work? And 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 what's what? What do you do on a Monday? And what do you do on a Tuesday? And I'm not going to go through my uh, week. That's not the point. Um, but it can be it can be difficult to explain um, what I do because it's different every week. There's no last week doesn't won't look like next week. Uh, the conversations that I had last week won't happen again next week. Um, how does it work? What does it mean? And I think what Jesus is doing here in these verses is is he's moving from what I would call kingdom values to a little bit of kingdom activity. It's it's sort of like saying, Christian, what should you do? How should you live? What should be your activity? What should be the things that you do? Now that we've sort of sorted out some of our values in the way we are to view people and view God and view ourselves, how then do we live that out? And what Jesus does here, I think he gives us three big ideas. He says we are to give, we are to depend, and we are to sacrifice. Give in the sense of, I mean, that one's really clear at the start there, giving to the poor. Um, depend, that's the Lord's Prayer. We are to depend on God and make sure that our lives are uh, orientated towards him so that we do depend on him. And then we are to sacrifice, and that's the idea of fasting. It's putting something aside for, for him and his glory and his goodness and his purpose. So we're going to look at these three things, giving, depending, sacrificing. First one is give. This idea of live and give generously, um, not just for show, and this idea of not for show um, is um, repeated for each of these three ideas. Um, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Uh, go into your room and close your door. Put oil on your head so you don't look like you're fasting. You know, each one of these activities is not so that people would see your activity, because sometimes as Christians, that's what we think is, I want to live in a way that people would see it. No, not these not these activities. These are not to be done so that everyone else would notice that you're doing these things, but these are done for your relationship with the Father and for your love for each other. So giving. Um, uh, so some people, you know these people, they like to let you know when they're being a good person because they're often not a good person, and so they'll tell you, um, I did this really good thing today, uh, or I gave this person something, or I um, look how well I... I let someone take the car park that I was going to do it. And they're just speaking up their, their goodness, um, how virtuous they are. And Jesus says, that's, they've got their reward. That's it. No more. Like they've, they've just exhausted all that God has got for them in that moment there, um, by boasting or sharing or t- telling, um, others about what they have done. But for those who are generous in nature because they love, God sees it and Jesus promises he rewards it. How? Jesus doesn't really say how that reward works out. He doesn't say they'll be given what they give. Uh, he doesn't say that. He just says they'll be be rewarded. Uh, in this age, perhaps in the one to come, perhaps. I think that's uh, the main point here. The main point is he will reward you. There is good things coming for those that live with this activity. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily to to keep it from your spouse and go and spend all the money and um, then just, I don't know what happened. Um, it's it's not about that, but it's, I think what Jesus is saying here, you know, your right hand um, has plans with, with the money that you have. Not many people have money sitting there with no no intended purpose. 
people have ideas or um, plans or desires to use that money for either themselves or someone else or, or whatever it is. Jesus is saying, when you see someone who needs something, don't go back to your right hand and say, Hmm, is this, is this need greater than this need is like, and have a debate between what's going on, but rather follow the, the, the prompting to the spirit to say, I see a need and I can meet it. So I will. And I'm not going to go back and try to work out, should I not do this? Is this going to, and, and plan it all out, but rather trust God, uh, in the way that he's resourced you, uh, to give to those who need it to trust your father with the rest. And we're going to see that. I mean, if you know Matthew chapter six and what's coming after in next week and do not worry about tomorrow, um, seek first the kingdom. I mean, this idea of not storing up treasures and, um, on earth, not planning for 20 years down the future and making sure you've got enough to survive 20 years. If you never worked again or never had a, a cent come in again, uh, Jesus is saying, well, that's not the activity of a Christian. We need wisdom and um, we won't go into all the the finances side of things, but to trust God is what he's really getting at. Trust God and use what you can to bless others. We're going to see that come up again. Do what you know is right and trust your father with the rest. The second section here, the activity of praying or depending, um, depending on God. You know, um, Anne Lamont is a, is a writer on prayer and, and she says, you know, one of the most, um, common prayers of a Christian is, is summed up with thank you, thank you, thank you. Give me, give me, give me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty true. And, and, and what do those three things have in common? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give me, give me, give me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're all reactive to a certain situation, aren't they? It's like, I've seen something good. Thank you. I need something. Give me. Um, I did something bad. I'm sorry. Um, and I think Jesus is maybe suggesting here, let's let, let's be a little less reactive. I mean, there's definitely some things to be reactive with, but there's more to prayer. There's more to intimacy with the father than just reacting to things that are going on around us. There's some daily activities, some daily attitudes and daily prayers that we should be regularly participating in um, as Christians. The first little uh, section there on prayer, verses five, six, seven, and eight, don't pray like this person, don't pray like that person. Um, Jesus is getting at, I mean, he's getting at a few things here, and we won't go into all of them, but suffice to say that the main point here is that Jesus is saying, you're not doing this so people would notice that you're doing it. Prayer is not about being up in front of people praying so that everyone will go, wow, look how close to God they must be. I mean, that's what the hypocrites and the pagans and the Gentiles that he's referring to were doing. The pagans there uh, that he's talking to were not necessarily unspiritual people because they, would, they wouldn't they would pray, would they? Like when we think of the word pagan, um, we think, oh, someone who doesn't pray at all, don't pray like them, so do pray. I mean, it's a double negative, but he's saying they're praying in a sense of being super religious or super elite. Uh, and you know that Jesus comes, if you know the gospels, he comes and he speaks harsh words against Pharisees and Sadducees and, and those that are, who class themselves as religious elite or put themselves above others because of their showmanship, because of what they do in front of others, the way they puff themselves up. And Jesus says, don't pray like them. 
don't pray like them. Don't look at someone like myself on stage and the way I pray and go, that's what I should pray like. Don't pray like, don't pray like that. Don't pray like that. When you pray, go into your room. It's not about how well it is performed, but it's about the heart and the intent and the intimacy behind it. And so then he goes and he, um, he teaches the Lord's prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I want to see, if we put the next slide up, Will, um, see here this way in which I've broken it up. Our Father in heaven as the sort of address to God. And then there's, it's, it's like Jesus is doing this in a poetic way. There's this cadence to it and this way to remember it. There's three yours and there's three us's. Uh, First, we are to address God, and, and it's as if Jesus here, through the Lord's Prayer, is somehow mirroring the great commands that he's uh, alluded to, to love God with all your heart and love each other as yourself. It's like, this is how you are to pray around these ideas. The first half of the prayer is really about us orientating our hearts towards loving him, and then it's about loving others. So the first thing he says is our Father. You'll notice um, not just here, but throughout Jesus' entire ministry, he refers to God as Father far more than any other title. Um, there was no one like that. There was no rabbi or teacher that would come along and refer to God as Father the way that Jesus did. People did. I mean, you can pick up some of those themes through the Psalms. But far more often it was king or creator or, or Lord or, or, or a few other different titles. Um, but Jesus comes along and says, Father, Father, Father. And I think that that tells me something that um, the relationship that Jesus is trying to uh, invoke here in us is that of intimacy. It's not um, – sometimes we look at God and we pray to God like he's maybe our boss or a landlord. Like it's sort of um, – transactional so you know if you've got a good boss it's it's great that you've got a good boss but if you stop working that relationship's going to break down if you stop performing if you don't turn up to work six weeks in a row your boss as nice as they are and as good as that relationship might be that's going to hinder the relationship and it's going to prevent you from going and saying can you pay me can you pay me this week and so jesus is saying we don't want to um, interact with god as a in a transactional way, like he's some boss or um, landlord that only gives us when we give the parts that he wants from us. He's saying, come father, come to, to, to him like a father, unconditional love. A father has unconditional love. A good father has unconditional love for their children. And then you perform because you are already loved and approved of. And the relationship of a son or a daughter towards a father who loves them is one of wanting to do the right thing because they know they're already loved, not to earn the love or to earn the approval. God's not after a show. He's after our hearts. And then we see the three yours. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first one, your um, hallowed be your name, this is really just about praising God. 
um, honoring his name as holy, set apart, unique, not because it's not holy, but because it is. Um, and we're praying that it would be made holy and made honored in our own lives and in the world around us. Then he says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And these, these ideas go together. Um, and sometimes when we think of your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, we have this view that the kingdom of God is this sort of uh, spiritual other place and earth is this physical place and they're sort of completely separate. They're separate places. And so we're, when we pray this, we're sort of thinking, thinking, well, God, somehow bring all that here. Um, bring bring that kingdom, bring heaven, bring the age to come. Um, there's a few different names for it that sort of get interchanged throughout the Gospels. Bring that down to us. But heaven and earth uh, are, are more overlapped or intertwined than what we think. And the prayer is not that earth would be done away with and that we would get to heaven. And the prayer is not that, you know, the Christian prayer is not just get me out of here. You know, the whole whole purpose of, of Christianity is that I'll get to heaven one day. It's not, it's not even that. It's rather that God's purpose and his will would happen here on earth and namely through us, namely through us. The kingdom of God is what Jesus came to usher in what Jesus came to to bring about. And Jesus carried the kingdom within him. He was the kingdom. He was heaven's son to restore earth with the kingdom. I mean, at creation, we see um, God make the world and it was perfect. It was good. There was not sin. There was not brokenness in it. Sin comes in and breaks it. And so part of what Jesus is is doing here and what God the Father is doing is bringing back, is restoring and and redeeming creation. And one day so that heaven will be here on earth. When we think of heaven in the future, I'm getting away from my notes here, but when we get heaven in the future and we're thinking of revelation and, and what's to come, if you read revelation, if you study heaven, you'll understand that heaven is not somewhere else. Heaven is here. Heaven is earth restored, redeemed reconcile everything made perfect and what jesus is saying is pray that that would happen pray that that would continue to happen it's it's sort of like when we first become christians does the kingdom of god dwell within us yes it does like the holy spirit is evidence of that it's the kingdom of god in us and are we perfect have we got is the kingdom of god permeated every single inch and part of our body and our being no, there's there's cooperation to happen, but the kingdom of God, hopefully over time, um, takes over and indwells more and more of us and takes over more and more of us. And that's what we're praying here. That Jesus would bring about that restoration. So the kingdom is here, yes and no. Uh, and it's it's to come more and more. So when we pray your kingdom come, we are praying really for God's full presence to be known in our lives and through the work of the spirit. And the agents of the kingdom are you and I, the church. So we aren't praying for something just to happen, that God would just make something happen, but we're really praying for God's kingdom work to be worked out in our own lives and in our corporate lives as well. God, you be holy, you be honored as you might say, hallowed be your name, honor be your name, as your kingdom comes, as your will is done. Like this is a way in which your name will be made holy. 
as your kingdom comes and as your will is done. Show yourself to be unique and set apart through us and through your people. And then it goes on, give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts, don't bring us into temptation. Notice here, Jesus doesn't say, pray, give me my daily bread. Forgive me, lead me, but it's us. It's, it's, it's very corporate. It's very, um, there's a sense of family and, and togetherness about that. And, and you can read that throughout the entire Bible that God is after his people. He's after Israel. He's coming back for his church. The bride is his people. Um, and it's only in our individualistic Western society that, that this sort of messes with our brain a little bit. Um, and we can't fully appreciate what Jesus is saying. Um, but really we're saying work with us. We're praying in our rooms by ourselves, but we're not just praying for us as in me. We're praying for us, give us, help us. We're together in all these things and all these things need each other. Provision. So give us today our daily bread. Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience. Um, Jesus was speaking to Jews at the time. And so when he said, give us today our daily bread, their minds instantly go back to the Old Testament in the wilderness, 40 years, surviving on manna, on bread. Um, you know, the, it's funny, the, the word manna in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is, it sort of means, what is it? That's, I mean, you look up the, the definition of it, it's like, man, what is it? Like, what is this thing over the sky? It's, but, Jesus is saying, as the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and, and God supplied their needs, they didn't have enough for tomorrow. They only had enough for that day. Give us today our daily bread. It's like, how, pray in a way that you depend on God every day, not just on Sundays, not just when you go to a small group or um, catch up with another Christian, but every day, give us today our daily bread. Show me how much I need you, God. Forgiveness is the next key thing that Jesus centers on here. And I mean, this is just like, he's just reinforcing right here the, the points that we looked at last week of turning the other cheek of this kingdom idea that forgiveness is just crucial, key, um, central to the kingdom. And forgiveness is not, Christian forgiveness is not about sweeping something under the carpet and pretending doesn't something didn't happen. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is about confronting the wrong, but uh, then not repaying it with with another wrong. I mean, that's typically what our our human nature wants to do. We see a wrong and we retaliate with another wrong, and it's just this downward spiral of wrong to wrong to wrong to wrong. And forgiveness cuts that. It breaks that cycle. And it's what Jesus offers us. When we sinned against him and he forgave us, did Jesus just turn a blind eye to our sin? No. God is just and he forgives us. Those things cooperate together. Forgiveness, I mean, in Matthew's gospel, you can go ahead and read in Matthew 18 and Jesus begins teaching about uh, when someone sins against you, uh, what you are to do, you are to go and confront them and say, hey, What's going on? This, you sinned against me. And if they don't respond, then what are you to do? 
grab someone else, take them with you and say, what happened? And then bring it to the whole church. And so forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation. There is a, uh, there is a certain point in which forg- forgiveness might lead to reconciliation, but for some times and so- in some instances, if someone has sinned against you and, you and you've said, stop, that's wrong, and they haven't responded to it, they haven't repented, they haven't had the ability to turn around, Jesus says, don't go back to them by yourself. Don't ever be alone with them again. It's sort of like that's you what that reconciliation might never happen. And you are to put boundaries up and protect, um, put protections up. Um, anyway, that's in Matthew 18. You can read that. It can lead to reconciliation, but forgiveness can happen with one person. Reconciliation takes two people. See, God forgives you. You are only reconciled to him when you put your trust in him and what he's done on the cross. Jesus bore your sins on the cross, whether you accept it or not, and he forgives you, but you are only reconciled. You're only made right with him as you repent and as you turn and as you say, I was wrong. And as you bring yourself back into right relationship and accept what he has done. So Jesus forgives you regardless of what you do. His forgiveness stands. And so here Jesus, and he goes on in verse 14 and 15. He sort of comes back to this point. He says, if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your father will not forgive your offenses. And so he knows that this is a big idea. He puts in the prayer and then he sort of follows it up after the prayer and says, For the Christian who understands what God has done for them, they will forgive others. If you don't forgive others, it means you haven't really grasped what God has done for you. You don't really understand the grace that Jesus extended to you. And so so work that out. So understand forgiveness so that you can forgive others. And then he talks about deliverance or leading not into temptation. Um, Jesus. I mean, God doesn't tempt us, but sometimes we are led into into situations, into seasons of life where God wants to see that we are going to trust him. That happened to Jesus. Jesus in the wilderness, the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness. So he was led into a place of being tempted by the enemy so that Jesus could show that his trust was not in himself, but in his father. He was also tempted in the garden at Gethsemane when he multiple times he says, Father, take this cup from me. I don't want to do this. It's tempting to walk away. But the father wanted to see, are you going to surrender to my will? Are you going to surrender? There's going to be times where God wants us to live and act, have this activity in our lives where we don't want to do it. There's everything within us rise up against it and says, take this away from me. I I can't do this. I don't want to do this. And that's why he's saying pray. Pray for your deliverance. Pray that you would be able to stand in those moments and trust and um, and give your full surrender. And then he goes on and he talks about fasting. We don't have time to go into all this this morning. Um, but basically he's repeating this idea. Don't make a big deal about it. And you can um, look at fasting and it's a great way for you to Orientate your attention, full attention onto God and what he wants. 
And every time that you find yourself being physically hungry, it reminds you of how spiritually hungry you need to be. And by denying yourself and putting yourself um, towards God and towards what he wants, um, it draws you in closer and closer towards him. But don't draw attention to yourself. Fasting is not about what others would see. Um, It's not about fasting in the biblical sense. It's not about losing weight or saving money or any of those things. It's really about um, getting your heart closer with God. So giving, dependence, and sacrifice, activity of the kingdom, loving God and loving each other. It's the vision and the heartbeat of SBC is that we would be people that love God with all our hearts and that we would love each other as he, as, as we love ourselves. That's the heart here at Locksport as well, is that we would be a place that loves God, that we honor him, that we see his kingdom come. But we also practice community and we love each other well. And, and, and my heart, as we start here in Locksport, if we started in Yarram early this year, as we continue in sales, that we would be a, a church and a people that echo these kingdom values and repeat these kingdom activities. And so what we're going to do this morning, I think the band's going to get up and we're just going to do one last song as we take communion together. And I want us to be thinking about the unity that we're sharing in this moment that across Locksport, Sale, and Yarram, right in this moment, we're all taking communion together as one body, as one people, remembering that Jesus gave to us, that he intercedes for us, and that he sacrificed for us. And so let's pray together. And uh, and, and communion will be passed around wherever you are, and you can take it during this last song as we close together. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. And God, we thank you that you are a God who who sees us and who forgives us and loves us. And God, we pray that we might be people that not only echo your values, but echo your activity as well. That we live in a way that brings your name honor. And God, would you use this moment Uh, as we take communion together to help us remember that you have forgiven us, that you love us, that you gave to us, not for show, but for love's sake. And God, we pray that as that happens in our own hearts, we would repeat that around us and people would see you, see your goodness and see your grace. So God, we thank you and we love you so much in Jesus' name. For his glory, we pray. Amen. We are humbled in your presence this morning. Father God, we thank you that you reign above all. And so this morning, we lift you high. We fix our eyes on you above all things, above our circumstance, above tech issues, above above all things, Lord. God, would you move in our hearts this morning and and as we go out from here this week. God, show us more of who you are and vessels of your love and forgiveness and your goodness to all of those around us. We thank you for how you have loved us. We thank you for what you have spoken to our hearts this morning. And God, we ask that we would walk out of here changed today.
the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. Maybe the band can play a little more, but uh, you're welcome to head out. Kids, don't forget that you are going to be climbing that climbing wall again if you'd like to. Uh, Locks Boy, it was awesome to have you here with us this morning. Uh, be blessed as you go about this week. We love you. Thanks for being here.